0: All right. Well, here we
1: are. We're starting a podcast, Adam. The inaugural. This, this is it. This is it. <laughs> We've been talking about doing something like this, and here we go. We're really doing it. We're, I was super embarrassed to do it, but at the same time, I talked you into it because you were worried that maybe nobody's going to listen to it. And uh, and uh, I, was, I was worried about the same thing, to be honest with you, but who cares? But now we don't care if no one listens to it, right? That's right. Yeah. We really don't. We hope, people, <laughs> we, hope we have listeners, uh, but at the same time... What, what does it matter yeah. what does it matter if our friends listen to it they know us yeah I know my
0: wife will listen to it because she gets a kick out of uh, the stories that we come up with my
1: wife is going to do the same thing yeah. she is going to do the same then they're exactly. going to start their own podcast theirs definitely will not be as good as ours <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the well, let's see what could they
0: call theirs Wife in the Fast Lane. Wife in the not Fast Lane. Not life in the Fast Lane. Yeah. Wife in the
1: Fast Lane. Oh, man. Well, our title as of right now, Gears and Nachos. Gears and Nachos. And where does that stem from? What is that to, to you? I know what it is to me. Yeah.
0: Well, here's the cool thing, man. Uh, had we not raced against each other and had we not lived this crazy life of trucks, big giant trucks and and uh, traveling the country, being on tour now the third straight year. Yeah. Yeah uh that's where the gears come from nachos is actually
1: kind of a me thing i think it is it is so every no matter where we've been well you know whether it's uh, you know after we've had a long day at work or we've uh we just showed up somewhere together we just flew in hey bryce you want to go grab some dinner and we get there and he's like you know i you know i think i'm i'm gonna get some nachos i'm gonna every try time. out the nachos every time but you know, you know how many, you know how
0: often i eat nachos at home Never. Never. Yeah. Never. I don't know what it is, man. On the road, nachos. That's They're my game. Good. They're good. They are. Good. But I eat them weird. You do. You also, you <laughs> taught many people
1: because. You yeah, know, people, we'll make, this... people make fun of me until they until they try it. We'll, and then it's we'll, like... we'll dig into this later, but Bryce is somewhat of a germaphobe ish, <laughs> sort of. But, and that's what I thought it stemmed from, when he eats his nachos, and we'll have to demonstrate later on, yeah. uh, you know, but he eats his nachos with a fork and, and, and puts the, the chip between the. the the prongs, the prongs yep. on the fork, and but he doesn't make a mess. And then I realized one day, I'm like, wow, yeah, you know, that's actually really intelligent. Whereas I'm the guy over here, and I've got the <laughs> stuff just dripping off my elbow, and I'm just a sloppy mess, so and licking you, your fingers, fingers, and all this stuff. touching mean, the
0: table, yeah, everything. And yeah, then, the only trick to it though is you gotta you gotta eat the whole chip.
1: You can't, yeah, if you bite it in
0: half, all the toppings fall off. So anyway, I I am a nachos connoisseur, but we'll call it a nod to the many of many of. Uh, of uh, meals we have
1: shared yeah, together thus far. And it's made the, it's the these conversations that we're going to have on yeah. this podcast, I think, is what led to this. What we thought was we think we have good enough conversation that other people mm-hmm. actually might want to listen to us. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I and think if you, so. And if you don't, <laughs> well, screw you. Yeah, there you go, man.
0: <laughs> Share it to your brother. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so three years ago, let's see, uh, we met each other. I don't actually know. I don't remember the I exactly the very first neither. time we met. I do remember the first event that we were at uh, was Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, first impressions of one another.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so my 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 first impression of you, I knew you were like, I, I could tell like you were like the cool kid on the block. All right, we go back to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it took me back to like middle school or something. Um, but you took this half shell helmet. Uh, yeah with with uh with red stripes on it and uh it was it was it had no face yeah open face helmet. open
1: face helmet open face helmet just like uh the the man the myth the legend Dale Earnhardt would have uh, yeah. wore and uh I and, put my I put all the radio communication in it because we had
0: we had, we had uh, rehearsals and stuff that we day. did so all of a sudden Adam Anderson comes out here gravedigger right the the legend i I've always told said he's he's monster jam royalty. And uh, the Prince of mm-hmm. Monster Jam, so here he is, right, carrying the legend, the legendary name, and he's got this open face helmet. And we have got to get up in in these <laughs> trucks, and all of a sudden, like I'm sitting there going, like, oh, he's just joking around, getting up in there. You uh, you tried it, it, it out? I
1: did it. Well, my thought was, you know, it was uh, you know, it was kind of legit, and yeah, it was kind of funny, <laughs> looked funny, but I'm like, you know what? I can really see really good with this. Yeah. <laughs> No chin strap, no visor. No visor. You had to use, you
0: had to use uh, safety glasses,
1: I think. I did. I had safety glasses on because I didn't have the visor, and it's a requirement. If you don't have a shield, you need to at least have that. <laughs> so I had that on, and I had my head and neck restraint deal. Yeah, and you had to put that on, right? You had, to, had drill to holes. I had drill. I had put the holes in the helmet, did everything just like you, a normal race helmet would be. Yeah. Because there's people that race them. Rally, uh, You know, rally. They, they run them, and a couple other guys because the vision is so good. And I'm going to tell you this, when I pulled to the starting line, I was scared for my life. (laughs) I felt like I was sitting there in my underwear. <laughs> I felt like I was there because I could see so much. I'm like, this is not smart. I felt like I wasn't wearing anything. I could see everything. Such an advantage. Such an advantage. Such an I advantage. I understand how, how your face wasn't going to pop out. First of all, your face was
0: very full inside this helmet. It was. All right? Cause that's, it was you, popping you, out. You were, you were like 30 pounds heavier yeah. than you are now. Maybe yeah. not 30, but 20. Yeah, at least. Say. And it was. It and was. Your, your cheeks were pushed up like Billy Madison. Yeah. When Billy Madison Stay in school as long as you can, <laughs> right? That was that was your face sticking out of this open face helmet. It was, it was, it was terrible. Which I thought was awesome. Yeah. So my first impression of you was like, okay, he he's obviously he, he's, he's a stud in the truck. Uh, everybody enjoys him. Uh, call call you the class clown, but at the same time, like yeah, I could tell immediately though that the, the respect was automatically there from the, from all the competitors. They you know like you could have a great time and then you could flip a switch as well and like get get stuff done that need to get done that was very serious business cuz i know whenever these trucks fire up like you're you're there for a the purpose and a reason so, That's it. and i like for that. everybody yeah i like that because when you know even though you made fun of me that night it was like the worst event i'd ever had in my life <laughs> I felt it was my it you. was my debut as well in the great clips mohawk warrior but uh uh, it was still fun nonetheless so that was my
1: first impression of you yeah my yeah. first you know honestly my first impression of you wasn't much because <laughs> where, I, where was it, it I, I don't I don't even know because it, and honestly I, I was like you know I'm judgmental when you've got these new guys coming in somewhere yeah. you've been for a long time and then you're like you're thinking to yourself well, I gotta act tough around this guy. You know, I'm gonna be you know, but you were very well spoken, you're well put together, you're a businessman, and uh, I didn't know what you could do behind the wheel. I, I wasn't sure of that. Still not. Um still not. Still not back and sure. forth on that. <laughs> yeah. But uh but I I you know, I honestly I really I just didn't know you. And, and not that I, I don't think I did not give you a chance, but I felt for you that night.
0: I think you're churching this up. No, like say, n- n- no, know, I didn't you, like you. you yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. No, I didn't like you automatically. You were lucky that you're from North Carolina. That was that helped. That yeah. helped. You got a little bit of twang in mm-hmm. you, so that helped. Um, Morgan Kane got you into. It. Morgan Kane loved you so much, so that kind of put me off on you. Yeah, I oh, love him that was so much. What is going on that here? That was a negative. That was a negative. <laughs> um, and but that night, I really like when you after you had the night you had. It's like you're you're getting in there, and this is your first time. Doing this big stadium gig, and you and you got this new stuff behind you pushing you, and and you had a bad night. It's like I felt for him. I was like, oh man, that's a bummer. That but you were kind of happy it was bad. Man. Oh yeah, I'm so <laughs> like, glad I went on to win that event yeah, that night. Course, you know, yeah. you know. So then I totally forgot about you, <laughs> yeah. and that's honestly how it went down. Because later on, in, in this in this life in this career. Then I didn't really not that, I didn't really pay attention, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere this this guy takes me out, and I'm like, Who, "Me? Yeah, oh,
0: you okay. you won because that very next January you're
1: saying so it wasn't because it, like it wasn't Minneapolis. It was not many. I could it was our swore, first Anaheim. Race. I could have swore that even I thought you beat me in Minneapolis. No, I not I don't think I beat anybody in many. <laughs> Maybe not that one, but you did yeah. it at another one. I oh think, no, I didn't. I had
0: I beat uh, I did beat one in Minneapolis on the Sunday show. It was a two day. It was a two mm-hmm. show weekend. I know was it I me? Lost. And then no, you wrecked? No, it was uh, Corey Rummel because he broke a drive shaft. Okay. Yeah, but okay. I, and I was, I had a decent fast time. Or like yeah, that, but it yeah. wasn't. You know, I was still very new with that stuff. Well, I so. under
1: I underestimated you, and then, uh, but you're always so well spoken. So I've always, you know, we were always taught in the beginning uh, when I started my career that you don't really, you know, not that that wasn't part of it. I wasn't yeah. worried about that, but it's grown to where our, you know this is so big that it's a really good thing to have behind you is to be able to speak well, talk in front of people. And I didn't. I actually took theater in high school so I could learn to talk huh. in front of people because I was deathly afraid of that.
0: Because who did you want to be when you grew up? Uh Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Chris, Chris yep. Farley. Yep. I did. I, I think that's
1: secretly where we connect. Yeah we're both giant Chris Farley. Yeah, yeah I love it, man. You know? I love it. Uh but anyways I, I you know I then, you know, we go to this event and you, you beat me. In and Anaheim. I'm like And I'm like, yeah. wait a second. What is going on? What is the who is this guy? And but he wrecks, thankfully. So I, I destroyed
0: the, the truck. Destroyed. You're saying it nicely. I, I won the battle and lost the war because yeah. I, I folded the front half underneath yeah, yeah. the truck
1: to win very professionally. You did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, this guy is impressive. That was in
0: 2018, I think. Mm. Yeah. Is this 2020? Yeah, that was 2018. It is, it is 2020. Yes. Yeah, yeah that was 20, 2018. And I was definitely not straight on the race ramp yeah. coming across the final turn, but I knew it was close. I knew we were coming around that final turn together. I think you were so farther ahead left.
1: because I went easy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, new kid. Yeah, smooth. Be smooth. I'm just going to learn the track. Yeah. Got this guy. I can just be smooth out here, take my time. Yep. New kid, passed me. <laughs> oh. And then I'm like, all right, well, I'll give him that one. But he wrecked. So, and then I think it happened again. I swear mm. it did. It was like two in a row you got. Yeah. Did something. We went back and forth there at something, the and, and Yeah. And then I'm like, after that, it went in my head. I'm like. Bryce Kenny, no sir, not this time. I'm going to show this guy who's boss right now. Yeah. And we've been back and forth for a while. Well, up, up through last
0: season, we were back and forth. And literally, I, I have uh, – let's say – you know, I'm sure we can find the stats. But let's say we've raced against each other now 12 times. I bet I've I've wrecked against you, and some of those were after the finish line winning, yeah. right? And some of those were were losing efforts. I think I've crashed six or seven times against yeah. you, um, at least half fifty percent of the time. I know that's yeah, that's it is, it's got to be. And uh, and and I have never crashed against anybody <laughs> else. I love it in in racing in my entire career. I love that. And I saw the other day, by the way, even going back to hand the last. Five, I think it five world finals, I think. Um you have beat Mohawk Warrior every year in racing except for one. And it was my I think it was my first world finals I lost to Cody Saucier. Oh really? Yeah. And you but you've taken us out. You've taken us out. That includes last year and uh I guess the year before. So twenty eighteen. So it's twenty nineteen and twenty twenty.
1: You have You know why that is us. why? Male pattern baldness. <laughs> I've been slowly losing my hair for the past, I'd say, four to five years. That gives you a, a, an and edge. And I Vegas. just like, look at this guy with this hair. Look at this guy. He's going down.
0: This is enough is enough already. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's funny, though, because, like, when I line, so uh, uh, rewind two weeks ago, Anaheim. We're back in Anaheim. I, I remember com- coming to the line because we've, we've raced each other enough, right? Yeah. And and, oh, that's what I was gonna say. Is last year, I think until World Finals, like we kind of went back and forth. Well, all of last summer, all of last fall, like I've not even come close to to uh, uh, matching you. Like you've destroyed me every time. I think you've been. tried. You were on like a four or five race win streak against me. And and honestly, like people, I appreciate it because like even today we were doing some media stuff, and they were trying to kind of make us a rival. I I love being a rival with Adam Anderson. However, it doesn't mean Adam Anderson's arrival with me. Meaning, right, I remember back in high school, you know, we were we were the team to beat. And there was always this, this little school. They wanted so bad to be our rival. And, like, they acted and talked like they were our rival. But we were, like, established, <laughs> man. We were, like, winning state championships and stuff like that. And I was like, who are they? Like, yeah. it was laughable. And so I feel like now I'm the little person little uh, podunk school oh, going against the, the, the legendary championship winning guy. Uh, and 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 like me, you know, I'm not on the sidelines uh, waving the flag saying, like, we're rivals with each other. But I've, t- I've said this before, I love going against Adam Anderson because, like, I, I believe that you're the best at being consistent and being fast. And because of that, it's the whole thing of, like, You know, uh, I was taught in high school. You honor your opponent by giving them your very best. Like that's one of the best ways to respect the person you're going up against. So that when when I didn't
1: respect you in the beginning, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know you didn't, but that's okay, right? When, when when I would go up against that little podunk school in high school, I wanted to beat them as badly as I could yeah. because it was out of respect, which sounds almost <laughs> oh, backwards, yeah. right? But if I took it easy no. on them, that's disrespectful. It so, that
1: makes sense. When you and that I go up sense. against
0: each other, it makes me, every single time, makes me want to give my absolute yeah. best effort no. and then let the cards fall where they may. And I don't exactly know why 100%. No,
1: I think but that makes it happens, sense, honestly, saying that now. You're saying it aloud, if I, maybe if I would have read that somewhere I wouldn't have liked it too much but <laughs> but it sounds good and uh, you know and I and I honestly I, to to give it back to you I actually think that uh, you know maybe the, maybe the 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 high school over here the top dogs I think their cheerleaders are starting to look at that small team <laughs> yeah. you know I'm like kind of like all right this guy's coming around you know <laughs> it's coming around. But it's been a, it's been a, an epic battle, but what has turned into a great friendship too. I think yeah. you know it has, and that's where you know we go back to. You know, I didn't really know you, and I, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure I judged a book by the cover when you come out here and you're dressed really nice, shirt tucked in, doing whatever you're doing. Shirt like, tucked in. I don't know if it I was wasn't or not. geeky. I might. Have I have to go back a little nerdy. Colt Stevens no, said a, he thought I was a big giant nerd the first time I he could, met me, well, which kind of hurts. I don't you know? think you were a nerd. No, I don't <laughs> think you were a nerd. But uh, but then after. You know, I'm I'm very open to meeting new people, uh, making friends with anybody, but I basically can go to dinner one time and have some nachos, and I know who you are right then and there, and then I'm either with you or I'm (laughs) done. So I wonder
0: when the first time we went and got nachos would have been. You know, metaphorically speaking, yeah, (laughs) it wasn't Minneapolis because it had to have been Anaheim, maybe, maybe, I don't know because even at the beginning like I uh, you know it's funny man when you come into a new sport cuz my background's in top fuel yeah um I didn't know anybody in this yeah. sport and honestly like in this I didn't mean this is not disrespectful but I didn't care yeah you know yep. I got I got like you know there's a, there's a great famous story I won't share the details of but like <laughs> you know there was a veteran driver that you know tried to treat me really bad when I first Mm -hmm. started and and, but he tried to treat everybody bad yeah Um, yeah. and now we're great and it's fine Uh, but it was almost laughable to me because I was like dude I don't know who you are yeah you know I know you don't know who I am and you don't care that I'm new young and new and all this stuff but it's not that I don't care and respect the people that are in this sport but when people came at me Yeah, Uh, or or talk down to me about that stuff. It's kind of like, buddy, I'm I'm not here to please you. Like I'm I'm here because, you know, I'm I'm here with a with a purpose and with a reason and my own goals and my own dreams. Um, and I chose this sport for a specific reason. Yeah, but that does not discount the fact that as I've gone along, it really did. My first year was a hobby. Yeah, my second year, which was my first year uh, when we were on tours like that, I I remember the moment I really truly became a massive fan of this sport and it was Miami that year. Yeah. And it was uh it was actually it was it was when you were you were driving and you went up and as simple as this sounds, it was after your freestyle run, stuff like that. It was a good show. It was a good event. And you went up and uh Alex Blackwell just run. I think he did a backflip and the truck broke or the run was over, but they left it over there. Yeah. And you went up and you were, you know, the fans were going nuts. Like your run was great. And you went over to Alex's truck and the fans it's like it's like it was an encore moment and you went and parked both of your front tires up on the sidewalls of of his truck yeah and that, then left them up on top of Alex's truck and it's not like Alex was still in the truck or anything like that but for in the in the crowd exploded yeah. they erupted yeah. and there was something so simple so good that I realized the your ability and and drivers and people's ability to connect with fans was something I had never seen. Yeah, and, and I realized, gosh, if I had a, an opportunity to do that, to connect with people that way through driving the truck. Yeah, because to your point, I can grab a mic. Yeah, people can grab mics and you can connect with people if you're if you're well spoken and things That's like right. that. That's right. But there's not very many drivers that connect with the fans through their driving.
1: Yeah, and if there's
0: anything over the last three years that I have studied and wanted to watch. The, and there's not a whole lot of people that are able to do that that well either. But I've wanted to learn how to do that and find those moments to do that. And I'm not saying I even do that now. But I can tell you, if there's one major goal with my driving and stuff like that, it will be to, and it is to be able to learn how to connect with fans. I think you do that really well. Yeah. Ryan does that extremely well. Um, really, all the Andersons. I've watched Kristen do it. Yeah, in right, yeah. Even
1: just such a young career. but um, That's cool, though. That's really neat. And, and, and I can see that. And it's something that, you know, it's this is this has been my life. This is it, mm-hmm. man. You know, and I and that especially once I had my own family and going somewhere to whatever kind of event it could have been. I know what I you know for one what I want to see, let alone my kids mm-hmm. and keeping everybody engaged. And I just know, just like you said, man. It's like, and I always tell this people this when I first meet them. I'm like, I'm gonna be really nice to everybody, you know, because. What if I fail out here? Be- mm. So I've tried to be more well spoken. When I first drove, dude, I'd get out of the truck and I didn't even. Care. I could have won. It, I could have won the world finals, I wouldn't even talk. Huh. I'd stand there, hold the trophy, you know, who'd talk for me. My dad, because he wouldn't shut up, and he would go and go and go. But I was good with that, and I stood over in the corner and stood back. And then I realized. Then I would see myself on TV. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Who am I? You know, <laughs> this is embarrassing. Not only, not only, you know, going out to to go out there to just. Go out there to win. Mm-hmm. I was just that was my focus. Go win, be done, get out of there, trophy, leave. You yeah. know that was it. Then realizing, no, that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know it is. It is. We want to win. We want we want great competition. But then you come there and you want to give the best show possible. Yeah. On the track, off the track, whatever it takes. You know, and I'd much rather be able to do it in the truck, but that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and. But you've given those wow factors for sure to those people. And that's, it is. But for for example, where we're at this week in Houston, one of the most awesome saves I've ever seen around was that. Mm. You know, it was unreal. And the people are on their feet after that. Mm. On their feet. But then you got to play that up after that. You got to be the tough guy. Yeah. yeah. You're going to walk around like, yeah, I know I did that. And it was on purpose. 100% on purpose. On purpose. (laughs) I knew what I was doing. And that's what I'll do. I'll walk out there and then I'll see everybody right behind backstage and like, yeah, I have no clue what just happened. <laughs> Sorry, I drove over top of your truck. <laughs> well, those are those moments. I'm telling you, and I think as,
0: as the years have gone on, like, because um, I, I want to be very clear about this, like, even though I came in with that attitude of, of it's not that I didn't care who the the stars were or the people that built the sport, I cared. Right. it's that I had to learn that stuff yeah and until I learned that stuff and learned what people because because anybody can be whoever they want to be on the mic or in movies right you can play in the actor but who they are behind the scenes yeah that matters way more to me than anything else and 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 not mean that they got to be this perfect person or anything like that but they got to yeah. be real you know like authenticity means a lot to me yeah because the moment that I feel like someone is inauthentic like dude I I I turn off from that person so so I've fast. seen it yeah, have I've seen it from, from me firsthand. Have I've you? been there, I can't, yeah.
1: I don't know exactly names, but I have seen it, but it, yeah. but it's, I know exactly what you mean. I agree, and I agree with it 100%, but a lot of things I tell, even the myself, I tell myself sometimes, like, I've been doing this for so long now, since, you know, mm-hmm. full time since I was 19 years old. Full time, I'm 34 years old now. I mean, I'm talking about, basically, this is seven days a week. Yeah. You know what I mean, this has been my life and you know and even I look at some of the other guys and they get upset like got these new guys rolling in doesn't matter what sport you're in think about what about when you were 18 years old would you have taken that opportunity is that is it your bad because you got handed this mm. but it depends on you know you choose how you want to to make this happen or you want to make how you choose your path how you're going to run with it when you get handed this golden ticket Mm -hmm. but when you're why be mad at somebody that's 18 years old 20 years old for getting handed this yeah and then you know i understand people have paved the way but at the same time it's not that kid's fault he doesn't know he has no clue. Well, I think when they don't appreciate it, that you know, like yes. and, and that
0: that stuff can happen. And that's and and like when I came, I appreciated this opportunity because I was going to take advantage
1: of it. You came from motorsports, yes.
0: Yeah, and I failed. Like yeah. I failed in racing. I failed in drag racing. Like if I if I knew what I was doing back then, I'd still be in a top fuel car. Yeah. If I knew what I knew now, I'd probably still be in a top fuel car. Had I made it doing that? Yeah. I'm glad I'm not because the stuff I learned, uh, I, it has been invaluable for me yeah, the I last can see three that, years. For sure. Um, and I got my butt kicked. Like I lived on the road. I, I did all like I did, you know, uh, I mean, we had our, our, our car and and I went to, you know, even when I was in high school, like I would get out of school and the very next day I'd go to Kentucky where my family was based, our race shop was based. I loved it. You know, and I never even, I don't regret any of that. I'd go up to Kentucky. We, we'd be based out there and, and then I would travel the entire summer getting to work on a top field drag. Strip. Yeah. You know, at, at 13 years old, I cleaned it. At 14, I was I was uh, starting to pull or, or help with the bottom end, you know, uh, uh, pulling pistons out and yeah. all that stuff. Um, and then by 15, I was the clutch guy. I was our clutch guy. Really? Yeah, I'm the one pulling out these 1,200 15? degree. Yeah, 15? that's yeah. cool. You know, these clutch discs out of a top fuel car. Yeah, you know, the thing just neat. ran 300 miles an hour coming back, and I'm the one that's thrashing on this thing at 15 years old to get it back turned around. We had 90 minutes in IHR. Yeah. And, and, uh, to get this thing back to the, doing my part. Yeah. I love that, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, and it matured me very quickly. I'm sure. And then at 16, I was still doing the clutch 17, 18. I started doing cylinder head work and, and rebuilding the, the, uh, the blowers and whatnot. Yeah. And, and like, I freaking loved it. Well, then yeah. by 18, I had the shot at, at, uh, or not at 18. I think it was 20. doesn't matter. A couple years later. Uh, that's what I, I went to Campbell. That's when I went, met Morgan. Went to Campbell, played soccer at Campbell university uh, Division one athletics. I'm very competitive. I know um, that. And then at 20 years old, I got hurt. I got injured. Couldn't play soccer anymore. And then about that same time, our our team lost our sponsor. And that was 2000 and, at the end of 2008. Which that's actually when Feld Entertainment bought Itray. Yeah. But that's that's probably a different that's a different story for a different time. Which was really cool because actually I got introduced to Feld back in 2009. Oh, they, really? Nitro jams. And uh, anyway. Uh, 2009, I started driving. We did match races. Uh, I was doing everything I could to just get enough money to go over to NHRA because IHRA had pulled their top fuel stuff out. And that's when Feld was, again, trying to – they were trying to mimic and trying to build kind of monster jam and turn that into the nitro, yeah, stuff, the nitro yep. jams. And so I was going around with a team there. It was a Lucas Oil top fuel car. Pulling a cylinder head, I like to say I was—I was. I was bro- you were on the team. You were yeah. working for that team. Yeah, I was pulling a cylinder head, and I was living on the road with that team. So yeah. you know, for a, you know, for quite a while, like we would just go and hit these nitro yep. jams. And I, so I was out of school. I was doing all that stuff, staying on the road. And, you know, I've lived that life. Like yeah. I wasn't there for three months on the road. Yeah. You know, granted, but I—I I, I just knew that I loved this so much. It wasn't a question on whether this was hard or not. Uh, it was just that's—that's that's what I wanted to do. And then yeah. I started. I kept driving, and then that dream died. You know, and, and I realized like I remember at the very end of it all, like I'm 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 sitting in my I knew it was the last time I had drove it and we were gonna sell it. And I went to my grandfather who owned it, everything, and I said, Man, you've got just sell it. Like please don't keep this for me. Yeah. Like, you know, if you want to keep it, I know you're a team owner, you're you're passionate about that, but but like don't keep it for me. Sell it. Get the uh, monetary financial benefits from it while you still can. Yeah. Like like put it on my shoulders. You built this from the ground up. So if nothing else, like that inspired me to say, I will do the same thing. And if it takes me 35 years, so be it. Yeah. So I didn't expect anything. I, I, I literally, and so that's when I went into corporate America. Well, that's when I, I genuinely thought that, uh, I would be in corporate America. I would try to go and create wealth just like my grandfather was able to do through being a chiropractor He's a nationally yeah. known chiropractor. You know, and he did a really great job through all that stuff. I thought that's, and if it took me 35 years and and I didn't get back into top fuel car till I was 60 years old, I didn't care. I just knew I would do it, whatever my path would be. And so I did not expect another opportunity to pop up, and then all of a sudden that's when Monster uh, Morgan connected me with Monster Jam, and and it just kind of snowballed into what it has become now. But it's because of all of those failures that I was that that I genuinely I every day I wake up and I go and. I put on a great clip shirt or I go and want to represent a brand and I'll, and and and, uh, and and create economic real economic yeah. value uh, when I do that like genuinely man I, I I want to do it because of all of those nights that I, I was begging for someone to give me a shot back in 2009 yeah. 2010 2011 and and no one gave it to me and so now it's like it's it's my every ounce of me says Okay, we're going to learn from that failure, and now we're going to use all those lessons and the hardships through it to do it the right way now, and that's all I'm trying to do.
1: Yeah. No, I, well, I can see that for sure. Um, and I, I, that, that's a, I honestly never even got introduced into any of, besides your story in it, but you introduced me into Nitro. Hmm. That's the first time. That's Phoenix, I, right? Phoenix, Yeah, man. the testing stuff. First time. I stood you
0: 10 feet off the wall. Because they were testing, NHRA NHR. Fear, let
1: <laughs> fear. Yeah, we man. got great reactions of you on that. It was man. It's on our Instagram. But I, and but not. But honestly, there, there's so much of that that I didn't know about you. You know, it's even doing the the clutch stuff at 15 years old. That's awesome. Hmm. Unbelievable. That's really cool. And but which I know you grew up in it and growing up in motorsports and stuff like that. But you know, I I you bringing me to that event and then I seen I, I saw what it was and then for you to have to, you know. You told me how it worked, you know, and these guys working for these sponsors and then, they, you know, hoping they get this sponsor this next year, this after, you know, one after another to keep this team rolling, you know, and it's all, like you said, it was all on your shoulders at, a, you're at such a young age, yeah, which is great, honestly, Yeah, even though you failed. I mean, I, I always think about that. I think about people like, you know, what if something happened? What if I didn't have a job tomorrow? What would I do? And then I think, you know what? I'll be fine. Hmm. I can do something. Yeah, you make it work. I can make it yeah. work because I think about people starting their careers over. You know, I've seen people start careers over at 50 years old. Yeah. What do they do? Why are you doing that? I mean, they have to. Mm-hmm. They have to get it done, and you got to get the job done. And uh, and that's, I've, I've learned a lot of that from you, and you've given me strength in trying to even better myself in a lot of those aspects of whether it's how I... I even down to performing on the track better, but even... Myself, my like my my New Year's resolution this year was to to try and be better on my so- social media. As simple mm. as simple as that is, because you do so well on it. On mine, yeah, well, you wouldn't know it. I only got twelve thousand
0: followers. So if you're listening, I know to this, that's go ter- follow me.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> but I have all these people that follow me, and I think sometimes, well, maybe they don't. Maybe they like it that I don't post too much. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then bro, right at what eighty thousand, huh? Uh, yeah. Without $80, really $80. pushing it, I really just started wearing. You know, like I bought a couple fans. Yeah, yeah I no, paid did them off. She, no, you didn't. I did. I paid three dollars for three dollars to run it for a week. Oh, uh, that's an ad. Oh, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. I bought people. Yeah, no, I didn't know. It's like human trafficking or <laughs> oh, something. That's terrible. We shouldn't yeah. joke about that. God. That's a that's a whole other subject. But <laughs> um, but I and I got eighty thousand on that and a hundred and nine thousand on. Facebook. What? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Your Instagram handle at... Uh, What what is it? Adam Adam Anderson Anderson underscore GD. At Adam Anderson
0: underscore GD. Yeah. Mine is at Warrior Bryce. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've never met us, listen to us. Anything.
1: Yeah. Go on and
0: follow us. Not because we're begging. Don't follow us. We don't care. No. I don't even but care. I will say this: we're gonna keep putting cool stuff out.
1: Yeah, we will. And then what are we gonna do? We're we gonna cut this thing off. We're gonna do a thirty-minute sesh. We're gonna go for six hours. here. We're gonna keep going wherever. Let's go. It goes. It's good. <laughs> I feel it's <like laughs> feeling good about so I'll, this.
0: Well, because I want to ask you a question before we do okay. our fake sponsor stuff. Okay. <laughs> All right. So son of Dennis Anderson. Yeah. Right. Um, cause my experience was coming from a different motorsport from here. Like you said earlier, you grew up in this, like this is, this is your heart and soul. Um, but you're the son of Dennis Anderson. Like you, I, you don't, um, we don't talk about this a whole lot, but I genuinely want to know how much pressure that you feel. Cause you, you put on this persona, like you understand the pressure, but it, it never seems to affect you or bother you or anything like that how often over the years do you think about the fact that you are Dennis Anderson's son and that I know I jokingly say like you're the prince of monster jam but there's you know you could make a case for that because yeah. Dennis is the king oh so, yeah I,
1: you know the easiest thing for me to say is that I'll never fill his shoes hmm. never you know I can, I don't I don't feel I could you know it doesn't matter if my career could I could have a career his was you know 35 years long you know driving I could drive for thirty-five years. They're not gonna remember me like, like everybody else remembers my my father. Where mm-hmm. it came from, when the sport came from nothing, you yeah. know, and and the battles that they went through, and the relationships that he, ha- you know, that he created over the years, whether it was through sponsorship, through fans, through uh, whatever it may be, you know. And I don't feel like it'll ever be there. Not to say that it's easy an, a- an easy answer, but um, honestly, the way I was raised in this thing in the beginning is. You know, you you go out there, you go out there to put on a show mm-hmm. and you don't tear nothing up or you're in trouble until we tell you to light it up. And that was the deal. You know what I mean? And if I was allowed to let go, then it felt great. It did. And I didn't want to because I was, it was, it was from the humble beginnings, man. When we started, I was a truck driver. When I turned 21, I got my CDL and I drove around the country in yeah. a tractor trailer with two other young guys. And drove around the entire nation, city to city, state to state. And I drove with these two trucks. You know, I had I had a million dollars right up and down the road. Here I am. I'm 21 years old, driving a yeah. million dollars behind me, not filling out my log books like I should. Had the <laughs> other guy doing it for me. Had the other kid running off of his. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to go for another five or six hours. Go ahead and fill that out. You know, we'll fudge it up later. We'll get it right. It's all paper. And, um, you know, and doing that, you know, getting out of the, the track and unload the trucks, you know, get there at five in the morning at a display and the display started at seven. I had to unload the trucks and get out there and put my smile on. Mm. And, you know, I didn't, I never bragged about doing that a whole lot to people. And there was not really a need. That was the life. That was, that's what you did. Yeah. And, um, but it, it was, it was hard. And I think that's what made me what I am today. As soon as I got behind the wheel, of that gravedigger truck, dude, I didn't even, I it was like, you know, here's the keys to the Ferrari, <laughs> and you do whatever you want. And so, so it lifted pressure off. It did, really. In my eyes, it did. The uh-huh. only—I swear to you, dude—the biggest, the most pressure I have is when, if, if there, if I go to an event, and 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 there's just like fail after fail ahead of me, like I'm like I have gotta bring this back, hmm. win or lose. Not only do they need, I want them to remember me, and they're going to. It's going to be super easy for them to remember Adam Anderson driving Gravedigger tonight because yeah. a lot of people failed. I don't want to ever see that. That's my least favorite thing. and But that's the most pressure I have. If I have you know four or five heavy hitters before me fall out, then pressure's on. Pressure's on for me. It's easy. I can't. I can't say it's easy. I can't say it's easy to get the win, but you know, it's it's right there. I could fail too, yeah. and that's the biggest thing. Because you go out there to put on the show, to light it up, to make these people to connect with these people. You know, I I hate I hate when people get up and leave. I hate it if they start to leave because it's getting late or whatever the case may be. I have to go. If I have to go last, I'm like, just sit down, hmm. stay, because I'm going to make it worth your while. Yeah, and. Wow. 95 percent of the time I can say that I can do that and the, the other five percent I you know it's a flop you know mm-hmm. it happens to the best of the best so but that that is the most pressure I get not necessarily and it is filling my dad's shoes though because that's what my dad did for years yeah he would go out there and honestly it, it, he would in the beginning there wasn't that many guys that were really hitting it hard because I remember getting in the truck dude and getting out thinking to myself what just happened? What am I doing? And I wouldn't say a word. I would just stand there and stare at people like, hey, guys, yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. You know, and I was like, this is the beginning. We we didn't have the best safety. We were developing everything what we have today. Trying to figure out what you needed. Yeah, well, I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. And those guys, those old guys, they didn't know what they were doing. They were climbing in these trucks and jumping a school bus. You know, Mm. I'm like... "Hmm." I first I remember the first time I jumped a school bus. I'm like, ooh, now I know why only like three people do that. <laughs> I never said a word though, and I did it the next weekend. Gosh. I'm like, well, my dad's Dennis Anderson. He jumps, and I'm gonna jump it too. Hmm. And, uh, and but that's what developed all the safety equipment that we have now, and which makes it it's not easy to do by any means. And you know, but at the same time, it's it's heightened everybody's careers, and uh, that's. A, That is, but like back to it, that's the most pressure I have, man. It's not to necessarily, you know, I do want to make my dad proud, obviously, you know. and But sometimes I get out of the truck and I'm like, that joker better be proud because I know I just (laughs) killed it. (laughs) uh, And so when you do that, you know it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, like my first year at West Leb,
0: West Lebanon Valley Speedway, right? I mean, and, and again, it goes back to me learning the history of the sport and the people that have. That have come and gone uh, before me, and certainly, and then, and before you, and before everybody that's still here. Yeah, that's running. But I was up at West Lebanon Valley Speedway, and I was talking to the track owner there. Uh, what was his name? Howard. Howard. Yes. Yeah. And uh, this guy, man, has so much, so much history in and of itself. But his story's about your dad. Yeah. And, like your dad not being able to get home. Yeah. Didn't have the money to get home. Yeah. And so, like, he had to. Your dad had to out of survival had to go break the truck in half and created freestyle yeah. and all these things because he had to figure out a way that, to, to pay his bills. And, like, I mean, man, when I was re- – I mean, and that's not just, like, something for media. That's Howard who's who owned the track
1: for – he's probably owned, owned it for yeah, 40 plus it, years. it looks like he's about 140. <laughs> and <he's laughs> And the guy loves donuts. He does. He loves oh, trucks doing donuts. man, he does. If
0: you go up there and drive and don't – don't do a donut. Like he's You probably won't come back next year. Yeah. <laughs> not invited. But his stories about your dad yeah. and what built it, like that's the stuff that made me realize, dude, this sport is very special, regardless of whether someone came out of this sport or not, or whether they were born into it like you.
1: Yeah. It is
0: very special. And then the fans that have been coming for years is also I know every motorsport has that. NASCAR has it, NHRA has it, you know, Monster Jam has it. But it's, there's something so unique about this fan base. Uh, and, and the fact that there's people that have been bringing their kids is generational. Yeah. And they're proud of it. Oh, like, man. Three generations are show up and say, man, we've been coming. Our family's been crazy. coming for 30 years. I know. We it. remember when Dennis Anderson came out and
1: hit the first car or something, right? Yeah. And it, that's so special. Well, it, I think it's because it came from those humble beginnings. Like, there's people that come to the – like, they'll come to a stadium. There's 70,000 people in this stadium. And these people come up and talk to me like, "Man, your dad, he came to my house in 1987 and brought his truck over there and worked on it in the garage and did all that, you know." And they went down the machine shop. They took the heads off of it, machined them, and, and then he took a drive shaft out of a loader and welded in there and just whatever. And just these crazy stories. Yeah, but. I know they're true you know what i mean i know they're true besides the guys that are like yeah my, my brother was on the crew for grave digging i'm like all right cool man yeah until my dad was like oh yeah he worked for us i'm like oh shoot okay dad but my dad remembers that so he can't remember if i told him he probably doesn't remember my birthday right now but <laughs> if i you know if i asked him about a story where he went to he went to ned's garage yeah. you know to because he had a wheelbarrow going out on his school bus that he hauled the monster truck on he'd be like Oh, yeah, I absolutely remember that. We had to go down to, to Jeff's and, and, and get a, a hub seal and all this. Stuff. He'll remember every bit of that, Gosh. you know. It was really cool. And I honestly, I got such a good – I'll come back to that later. I have such a great story that my dad just told me a fresh one. Just like a week ago. Tell I've, me, I don't know that. This has All right, nothing, nothing
0: to do. This That's is fine. Be, it'll help us
1: segue anyway. Okay, we well do our fake sponsor segment. Okay, at some point. So okay. We,
0: tell the story. We'll go to fake sponsor. All right.
1: So this is pretty cool. So in in the beginning, you know, everybody knows that it, it, it stemmed from the the red primer gravedigger, the mud truck. You know, Dad did some mud racing stuff, and so my dad's. I can't remember the exact pricing he said, but this guy was going to give him like seven hundred bucks. It was either seven hundred bucks or two hundred fifty bucks. I think it was seven hundred dollars. To go like three hours from home where he lived at the time in Chesapeake, Virginia. Go three hours away and dig a mud pit hmm. in the middle of a field, basically. Dig the pit, build everything for it, and then come with his truck there. And then other people would come, kind of deal. Hmm. And I can't remember. My dad was had to have been, I don't know, what he was in his 20s, I guess, you know when he was doing this. He had to have been 20, I'd say 25 maybe. And he took my grandfather, had like a old, uh, like a F, F, like F5, uh, like a grain truck, basically, like a F9, F500, F900, whatever you would call it, or F9000, I don't know what it would have been called in that, what year model it was, but it was a flatbed truck, and I want to say it dumped, and he went and rented a backhoe. He goes and rents this backhoe from, I didn't even think you could rent stuff like that back right, in the day like yeah. that, but he went and rent this backhoe. And he said it was a two-wheel drive back. and It was kind of cruddy and stuff, whatever, some little bit of leaks on it here and there. But they put on the back of this, you know, like a grain truck, basically. they Somehow they got it up on there with ramps or something when he went to rent it, got it up on the back of the grain truck, and he's just like, well, when I get down there, I'll just back down in the ditch or something like that or up to a hill, and then I can build a ramp to get up to it is what wow. he, his thought was. And at the time, he had his younger cousin— uh, which his name was Buddy and he actually worked on my dad's crew later on down the year. Almost like the, the Woo stories we yeah. have. He's oh, got gosh. a lot of those. He has the same oh, stories right. with his cousin.
0: Oh man, that's for another podcast. We just need to do a podcast in the future about Woo stories. Woo stories, stories. We, we will. Show, yeah. Well, And, and he, cousin. But so anyway. he,
1: he tells me the story and he was like, all right, so he, they drive up there and the brakes... The brakes are going out on the truck, first off. So he's got this this back on the back of this truck. And he said, you go around turns and it's leaning and doing all this stuff. And the brakes are going out. And he gets a leak because he was jamming on the brakes and stuff. So, um, so he gets up there. And I can't remember if they had smashed a brake line off on the trip up. They smashed the brake line off to get all the way up there. I think, or if it blew out when the incident happened. So the incident was they back up to like this pile of dirt or something. And he says like, all right, well, I'm going to tilt it up some, you. And he's telling his little cousin at the time, he said he thinks he's probably around 15 years old, maybe. Get in there and you just hold the brakes. And he's yelling at him. He's on this backhoe that he's rented. And he's yelling, hold the brakes, hold the brakes. And the truck is driving out from underneath (laughs) of it. And and the backhoe flips over. This backhoe he rented flips. He's never told me this. This backhoe flips over. He's on it, and he said when he goes to jump off, it was like one, he like jumped off and hit the tire of the backhoe and like stumbles (laughs) as he's jumping off. And it's down where the the grain truck is going down with the bed all the way up. Yeah. The bed is up, so it's swaying back and forth, (laughs) and it's going down this hill into a ravine. (laughs) And he is just mad as can be, yelling at his cousin who's still in there, 15 year old kid, little scrawny guy in there just holding on for dear life, and it's going down this hill and runs right into a ditch oh, God. so he's got this tractor laid on its side out yeah. there he's got that the back goes flipped over on its <laughs> side the grain truck off in the ditch yeah. and so he, he ends up walking back up to like he remembers seeing something on his way in walks back up to this old farm or whatever and talks to this guy and talks to me like man can I do any can you come over here and just help me flip the tractor back. He had a big old tractor. They can you help me flip this tractor back up? So, you know, he he talks him into it or whatever and the the old guy's like, I don't know that's gonna do I don't think it's gonna do it. And they, he did. He talked them into it and they went down there and they rigged it up. They finally get this backhoe flipped up. I can't remember what dealings he had with them, but he had no, the whole time, he had no water, no drinks with him. Gosh. I think he said he had a hot Coke in a glass bottle or something like that <laughs> that they split and they're out there just sweating. Well, when he flips it up, the motor is locked up on the backhoe. Oh, man. The motor is locked up on the backhoe. And I can't remember what tools he had or if he even had any or if he had to borrow some from that guy. To get the motor freed up so he didn't know he didn't know nothing at the time he didn't really he knew mechanics a little bit but he didn't really know okay and what had happened is when it flipped up it had hydraulic the motor with fuel oh it yeah laid all the fuel in the motor because it was still running on its side as he's running down the hill oh my god. and then it just locked it up so and then all the fuel just kept pouring right in it so it was laying there locked up and i can't remember if he said he drained the oil and did all this stuff and he didn't know what he was doing, you know, pulling stuff. Cause I think it was a diesel, so he pulled like he pulled the injectors okay. out of it and stuff, not knowing. And he got it to spin over, so he just spins it over and to get get it go rolling again or whatever, and then he got it fired up and like I think he said the exhaust was been a little bit and he ends up going back and So then to get that going, they go down and pull the grain truck out. Uh-huh. But something had happened to the back to where he couldn't use it. I can't remember what it was. But they come and he called him up. He goes back to go to a payphone, obviously yeah. no cell phone, goes to a payphone to uh, call the people he rented it from. Well, he called the people he rented it from, like, hey, man, or the hydraulics wouldn't work is what it was. Mm. It wouldn't lift up or do something. So he couldn't even barely get the truck out, but he did. And he doesn't honestly know that it was because of it laid over. Yeah. Or, he doesn't <laughs> know. He just told them the, the hydraulics wouldn't work. And they came back and they, tra- he, they brought him another one. Oh, All the way up there, which was like about a two and a half hour ride. Probably honestly, back then, it had to have been three hours with the roads then. Yeah. So he, they bring him a another one. It's like a four wheel drive one. It's really nice. And he was just he couldn't believe for the same price. They didn't charge him nothing. It was like and they never like knew their way of saying sorry. Could you imagine <laughs> flipping over a backup this massive piece of equipment, and, and then just like yeah, I don't you know, just hydraulics, wouldn't work. Man, hydraulics were working right. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. Don't no, tell me, yeah. And he ended up doing the job and going out there with the truck. You know what I mean? It was uh, but that was, I when he told me that the other day, I'm like, I cannot believe you never told me that. That yeah. is the coolest thing ever. Gosh. You know, I've I've had situations like that, but most of the time it was with my dad's equipment. I'm like, oh gosh, we yeah. flipped the lawnmower again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what in the world do you think? Maybe this will be a good good place to even stop. But I'm I'm so curious because every time I talk to your dad, I, I like to, um, but you grew up with him like. What made your dad not
1: quit? Man, I don't, he went through some stuff, man. Dude, I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't know. He even to this day, if there's any challenges that he comes up on, it's like I don't know. What I, I can't say why, why? Why wouldn't you have just thrown the towel
0: in? Yeah, well, people. Well, people will all say, well, it's because of passion and love for what you're doing. But like at some, like there's a lot of nights where I don't when, when know. you get your face beat in with with whatever you're doing, yeah, like, like you. You know, there's a lot of nights where like you just want to say, "Well, I don't love it right now." You stop yeah. loving things. Yeah. Like, there's a point in which you. It's not about passion and love for what you're doing, yeah, because it's hard. But there's a reason why we don't quit in the midst of that stuff. And your dad is is one. I of don't you even know. I, 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 I don't like,
1: even know what that answer is. Yeah, I don't know what it is because there's so many times I thought to myself for the simplest things, like, "Man, this is enough is enough." You know? Yeah. I, I I've got a, I've got a scenario. I want to see if you think it's right. I think on the
0: I think that sometimes love for what you do keeps you going. I think other times it's out of survival, yeah. like you're backed against a wall. And yeah. like I don't think that I mean I don't think either of those is are, is better or worse than the other. But like I hear your dad as much as he's he's so you know his love for the fans and his love for. You know, every shingle and every, you know, and and that on on y'all's roof, right? Yeah. And I love the saying that he says with that that stuff. And, and, but like his love for for the people that have stuck with him. I've heard your dad talk through stuff sometimes where, like, and some of the best success stories I've heard in life come from people that are like, dude, I didn't have any other choice.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and and I remember my grandfather talking to me about like that story of, uh, I think it's Napoleon. Might not be. No, it's not. I know it's not. Some Spanish guy, but they burned the ships. Right? They all get. They they go on a coast, and they're getting ready to go to battle, and they can't. Like uh, you know, the only way out would have been to get back on the boat and go back. Yeah. And the guy, the leader of it all, burned their ships and said, "Guys, there's no, there is no retreat. There is no Plan B. There is Plan A." And and I get the sense that your dad only had Plan A, and so he had to make it work. Like I've watched you come through this just in the last three years, and like the more I hear your story and so and what you wanted to do, like this was your plan A. Like you said, if tomorrow it was all gone, you'd figure it out, yeah. right? But that tells me one thing: like it's not the, it's not about having a plan B. And I think some yeah. people, I think a lot of people spend more time on their plan B than they ever do on their plan A because yeah. their plan A just becomes like. It's the, uh, well, yeah, it's the norm. It's the norm. Well, yeah, and their plan A is just like, well, you know, it's okay if that doesn't happen. We're yeah. always trying to, to find our backup plan. Now, with my background in Top Fuel, that Top Fuel drag racing was my plan A. But if you would have really asked me and really gotten to know, and here's what I've realized through the, through the years, it wasn't about Top Fuel. It was about motorsports. I saw motorsports through Top Fuel. I've always wanted to use motorsports as a platform because it's amazing the people that come and interact And then the memories they get to make and the connections you get to make as a driver. And for some odd reason, because you're a driver, people want to listen to you. So I just always thought I'd have a platform with those people. But I've got a suspicion that even though I think it switches on and off, where sometimes you stick this stuff out, you stick out plan A, no retreat, for the love of it. And I do think there's those other nights where you're like, dude, I didn't have any other choice. Yeah, you know, you almost you back yourself into a corner in a good way. Yeah, and 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 like I don't ever regret that, and I don't think your dad ever regrets that. And you guys, the the Anderson family, like you guys are all in on this. This is Plan A, and Plan B is if it ever comes up, you'll figure it out. And I think there's something to be said with that because I meet more people in life that never get off the couch and do something with Plan A because they, in their back of their minds, they don't think that they can actually do it, so they always they spend more time on the safety net on the plan b than they ever do really taking a
1: chance and risking, the, been there, risking it been there been there been there was going to focus on plan b what's what's plan b mm-hmm. been there and then circle back around what are we what are we doing what am i doing why here's plan a let's do it let's rock it let's take advantage of it no matter what if it whether it was being successful right then we didn't like it we didn't want to be a part of it didn't matter what it was let's take plan a and let's rock it out. Hmm. Why? Why waste life on that? You know, it's the simplest things. I could watch the stupidest movie when somebody makes a comment and it about, about themselves. It's up to you. Hmm. It's up to you. I think about that. As simple as it is, it could be, I don't know what it was. I watched some movie with Jennifer Lopez last night and she said something like that. You know what I did this morning? <laughs> what? Got out of bed at 6 a.m. and ran. Yeah. Because of that. My knees hurt now. But I did it. As simple as that. But it's like, it's the perfect example for Plan A. Mm-hmm. Stay on it and, and focus on it. Don't focus on Plan B. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if, honestly, if you're focusing on Plan B, I don't think that that I don't. That's Plan A, then. Yeah, that's Plan A. That's where you should be. If you're not, if you don't want to do this, if you're not hundred percent on this, then why do it? Mm-hmm. That's not it. Let's do Plan A. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's. I, I feel like maybe that's what it is. If you can't commit a hundred percent, you know, it's, and I've had, I've gone back and forth, I've done this full time, 15 years, 15 years in a career is pretty decent. You know, I've, yeah. done, I've done it as a Especially kid. in motorsports. Yeah. Like
0: as frat, motorsports is so fragile. Yeah. 15 year
1: career in it is amazing. I've been all over the place with it. When I say all over the place mentally, you know what I mean? It's like, it, I mean, it might look good on the outside, but it's not, it's just like, it's, I can't say it's like any other job. I'm very fortunate. Yeah, I'm very fortunate, but it has its ups and its downs. Yep. But then I think to myself, what am I thinking about? Why am I even thinking that? Let's pick it up today. Let's rock it out, and let's show everybody what we're here for. Yeah. You know, and that's 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 your plan A for sure, no doubt. Most people sit on their biscuit, never trying to risk it. Oh
0: <laughs> man, I think that was off the office, Daryl from the warehouse. You band. are
1: really hung up on that. I tried. I watched band. it for you. I played the office. You did. Band. Yeah, I've watched it, but I, oh, gotta, I started episode one even. Yeah, episode one's great. I did the whole first season's fantastic. I sat in my shop at home, got my stuff right, my little tools <laughs> for working on my RC car, and I turned my TV on. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to turn the office on. I'm going to start from episode one, season one. Yeah, and let's see what this what you this does. You weren't into it. I loved the office, but I just was really focused on working. <laughs> you were in the RC car. Yeah. yeah. All right, which takes us into
0: a great fake sponsor segment because we said we would, mm-hmm. and then we'll—I guess now we'll just have to end it with our fake sponsor segment. So uh, this portion of the podcast
1: brought to you by <laughs> you got it? you got any Preparation G Preparation G the the greatest wipes for the gravediggers. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what. <laughs> preparation g yeah it's for all that big air yeah yeah it's to prep you for that that's what keeps you going yeah, it's what
0: keeps me rolling that's cool man <laughs> dang it sorry um, that was a that was a terrible one we'll this, work on that no this this podcast uh brought to you by dingo's decals dingo's decals yeah yeah what's their slogan dingo's dingo's decals Add our decal, add five horsepower to your ride. I love that. Just off the decal, you know. Yeah. You drive by, you see Joe Schmo with his uh, Holly sticker on the back, his comp cam sticker on the back. You know he doesn't have comp dingo, cams dingo. in that thing. No, he doesn't.
1: He's a dingo. Dingo decal. He's a dingo, man. Join now. Subscribe now. Yeah. We'll and see you receive, you'll receive 20 horsepower a month. 20 horsepower just by
0: these stickers. Yeah. It, it infiltrates your car paint, goes straight into your motor, and adds real horsepower to your ride. I've been a member for I've been a
1: member for three years. I'm up to eighteen hundred and twenty-seven horsepower. <laughs> With
0: three hundred and thirty decals. Three
1: hundred thirty decals. <laughs> and I love it. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Th- thank you, Decal dingoes.
0: <laughs> thank you, Preparation G. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll probably do one of these again. Because we're enjoying ourselves, I think we we will. had a script, not a script. We had a, a rough idea of like what we would say yeah. or what we, where we would go. And as I'm looking at it. We went through. Okay, I had we had seven things. We went through
1: one. That's cool. Well, so we can use the next one for the next week's yeah top topic. Yeah, strangest
0: thing about the other person. There we revealed. go. That's where we yeah next, revealed. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, next podcast. Turn tune in. Is it my outfit right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> your socks, man. I never. I don't think I've ever seen you wear shorts either. That's special. I'm sorry. With with long gray dad socks. Dad. I think you're starting to embrace like the dad bod. I've been. Hey, look, I was born with a dad bod. Let alone embrace. <laughs> (laughs) it so (laughs) well i stopped fighting it about two years ago i could tell maybe four years when i actually became a dad (laughs) when you became a dad i don't know well listen for anyone that's still listening 56 minutes in thank you we will uh we hope you guys uh do really really great at life and we hope you guys will go along for the ride with us yeah but until then adam and i we'll just keep rolling on Crashing trucks together. (laughs) Gears. Just just
1: a couple of bros
0: crashing trucks
1: together. Jamming gears and eating nachos, buddy. Amen. That's our life.
0: Jamming gears, eating nachos. All right, well, here's the many more. You guys have a great night.